Good evening, everyone. And the reason why I say it's a good evening, because I'm coming to you from the studios of the Man Cave Huddle, giving you the latest installment of the Man Cave Huddle, where today we're going to talk about the NBA and the draft lottery. Pretty much what I want to do in this episode is tell you the number, the pick, the team, and who I feel will be the lottery picks drafted in the 2019 NBA draft. So ladies and gentlemen, with the 14th pick in the 2019 NBA draft, you have the, or we have the Boston Celtics, who I feel will take Rui Hachimura, a center out of Gonzaga, who can face up, post up, and really gets busy around the rim. Now, he's worth the risk at 14 only because with all the starters that the Celtics have in Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Morris, Al Horford, I believe that this is a player that he's worth the risk, that he can sit on the bench and develop because what he lacks is he lacks in rebounding, defense, and basically other everything other than offense is what he needs help in. I'm sure he can sit behind Al Horford and Aaron Baines, and when his turn is ready, he'll be ready to play. At 13, the Miami Heat will select, in my opinion, Romeo Langford, guard out of Indiana. He's a slasher driver who could create off the dribble and hit the mid-range J, and I believe that this will be the player that will be the replacement for Mr. Dwayne Wade. At 12, will be picking the Charlotte Hornets, who, in my opinion, will draft Kevin Porter Jr., guard out of USC. Now, I feel that Mr. Kevin Porter Jr. is a good player. He's explosive at 6'6". He's a wing that will need time to develop so he can sit behind a Jeremy Lamb, a Malik Monk, and I'm not quite sure he's the point guard type, but you can also potentially make him a, a, a combo guard in the event that Kemba Walker does leave. At 11, the Minnesota Timberwolves, in my opinion, will select Sekou Dumbuya. I hope I'm not butchering this guy's name that bad. Sekou Dumbuya out of France. He's a prodigy since he was 15. He's 6'9", 230 pounds. He is a project, but can hit the three. And for a forward who can hit the three and guard three positions, he's worth the risk at this slot at 11, in my opinion, only because he can sit behind a Taj Gibson or Andrew Wiggins and a Carl Anthony Towns and learn how to play. And when you figure with Jeff Teague at the point, he can help him adjust to the NBA game. At 10, we'll be picking your Atlanta Hawks. I'm going to get a little bit more dramatic for the top there. The Atlanta Hawks. And they will be drafting Mr. Bol Bol. Yes, that's his name. Manuk Bol's son. His name is Bol Bol, and he's very good, good. He's a center out of Oregon. Although he missed the majority of his freshman season with a fractured foot, if his medical's clear and they say he can play in the in this next up, upcoming season at NBA at 7-2, he is the definition 
of a rim protector, rebounder, and he can shoot the three. Now, I'm not saying you could expect point production from the three, but the fact that he can pick and pop and shoot the three, it's a nice little thing to have because with Trey Young and you have all these other pieces that are nice, it's nice to have a, a 7-2 rim protector that can maybe create extra possessions so Trey Young could really get the tray off. At number nine, you'll have your Washington Wizards, who I feel will draft Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes is a very interesting player to me. Now you say to me, why is he interesting, Greg? Well, let me break it down to you. He is a rim protector like Bobo, but... In college, and I know it's college out to NBA, he did shoot 72% from the field. He's a cutter, and he's a roll man on pick and roll, and he's an effective guy in the post-up game. Doesn't really have a shot, but if you do have, you know, John Wall, Bradley Beal, you have a Trevor Ariza, Bobby Portis, he could be that guy down low that could create extra possessions for you. At number eight... In the upcoming draft, you will have, yes, once again, the Atlanta Hawks. And at this pick, I believe they will take Cam Reddish, guard out of Duke, shooting guard, really, out of Duke. Simply, although he was a stud, I'm talking a top five recruit coming out of college and then going to Duke. He wound up becoming the third option in that he was the guy that was behind Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. And I think that really messed with his psyche a little bit. And he's probably the guy that, as a knockdown shooter, just didn't get the ball enough. But at 6'8", a knockdown shooter, really long arms. Now, if you get Bobo, like I suggested, at 10 now you get this kid that can knock the three down as a shooter. Pair him up with Trey Young, Terion Prince, and let's not forget the ageless wonder in Vince Carter cooking up all this jambalaya together, teaching these young kids how to play. You might have something going on in a couple years with Atlanta. I'm not saying next year, but in a couple years, you might have something. Now, at seven, you'll have the Chicago Bulls coming in, and they will draft combo guard Kobe White out of the University of North Carolina. Why should they draft Kobe White? Because Chris Dunn, although he's a very good point guard does not provide the offensive punch that you really need in this new NBA at the point guard position. Kobe White is a tough shot maker. He's he's a perfect fit for a fast, up-tempo pace that the NBA runs because anybody that watches North Carolina basketball knows it could never be fast enough for Roy Williams. And in the open floor, he's an attacking guard, and he's a great guy that sets up pat assists well while he's attacking. So coming off the bench, a real great player to have when you couple him up with Zach Levine, Otto Porter Jr., Laurie Markkinen. You have maybe, although 
Robin Lopez is still there, a Wendell Carter Jr. The Bulls have a lot of young players where in a couple years, if they just mesh and cook real good because they're all young and going to be playing together for a while, mm, is all I have to say. Mm. Coming in at number six will be your Phoenix Suns. And in my opinion, will draft Darius Garland. In my opinion, he's the second best point guard in this era of positionless basketball where there really aren't that many point guards. You see a lot of forwards bringing up the ball, a lot of power forwards bringing up the ball. You see the Warriors playing basketball. You're seeing a lot of Draymond Green bringing up the ball. There aren't that many true give-me-the-ball point guards. Darius Garland is one of them. But what he is is more of a scoring version of Ja Morant. Not the playmaker or athlete. He is a point guard, but he's more of a scorer. And like I said earlier, this is what you need in today's NBA. And when you have a Devin Booker, you have a Michael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, you have a lot of players that can score. So although Darius Garland is not a playmaker, the fact that he can he is an effective scorer at that point guard position can really be an asset to the Phoenix Suns. Now, let's talk about the top five picks coming up in this year's 2019 NBA draft. At five, your Cleveland Cavaliers will select Jared Culliver, shooting guard, Texas Tech. He's a shot creator, and he's a really good finisher around the rim. He's a playmaker in that he did, as a shooting guard, average three assists in college. And although he didn't show it in a tournament, which I was very disappointed in, I feel that the tournament can either really improve your stock, which I will talk about in a second. Or I don't want to say it can drop your stock because if you really showed out all season, the tournament shouldn't drop your stock. But as a three-point shooter, he really didn't show it in the tournament. But when you add him on a team of the Cleveland Cavaliers that is still trying to pick themselves up from the departure of LeBron James, you have Colin Sexton, Jordan Clarkston, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson. You know, you could you could have Jared Culliver as that nice rookie coming off the bench. And you pair him up with the coach that the Cleveland Cavaliers that they hired out of Michigan. I forgot his name. I'm sorry. But the fact that he could relate to Jared Culliver and maybe bring some new philosophies, some new principles to the Cleveland Cavaliers and maybe just make it very interesting in terms of what this team could do. But I do think Jared Culliver sitting on the bench in a couple years could be a very good, solid NBA player. Now, at number four, we're going to go to the west side, the second best side, in which the Los Angeles Lakers have this pick. And they, in my opinion, will draft DeAndre Hunter forward out of the University of Virginia. Now, I had just said with pick number five how Mr. Culver 
you really can't drop in the draft when you have a solid resume of a regular season. Now, DeAndre Hunter had a good regular season, but in a tournament, he showed up and showed out. And in the championship game, in which he he defeated Jarrett Culver and Texas Tech, he only had 27 points, which took him from uh, at the end of the line to what are we not seeing in this guy that makes him a top five pick? And I feel that this kid, he could stretch the floor, shoot the three, could shoot the mid-range, versatile defender. Now, the only thing is, in my opinion, he's just going to need to figure out what his role is in the NBA. Because when you got a guy like LeBron James, you're going to have to have a role. Because if you don't have a role, you're not going to be on the team that long. So once he figures out how to play with LeBron, he's that guy that could really be a baby LeBron, not in terms of talent, but his style of play. He could defend all five positions. He could stretch the floor. He could shoot the three. Very athletic, could rebound, put the ball back. The only thing he does do like LeBron is he's not a playmaker or assist guy. But he's the type of guy where in 10 years, you'll be talking about DeAndre Hunter as a solid pro. Now let's go to the top three picks in the draft. Now with pick number four, we were on the west side. Now, let's go to the best side when I talk about the east side. We're talking about New York City and the New York Knicks as they will draft R.J. Barrett guard forward out of the University of Duke. A lot of people are disappointed, I'm sure, that many were expecting the Knicks to have the number one overall pick It's not the number two overall pick. And it's okay that the the Knicks are at three. And let me explain why. R.J. Barrett coming into this college basketball season was the number one overall recruit. Coming into college, he was the presumptive number one overall pick in this draft that's about to occur in the NBA prior to Zion Williamson just blowing up and him becoming what many feel is the obvious number one pick. This guy is very talented. He has good instincts. He has a go-to mentality, and he'll take and make that shot that needs to be taken and made. His godfather is, is Steve Nash, so I'm sure both of and, 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 and R.J. Bart is Canadian, so I'm sure both of them, over breakfast, we're probably eating a lot of Canadian bacon, and and Steve Nash was giving him a lot of pointers and tips on how to be successful in the NBA. Now, I understand uh, many people feel that when you talk about Canadian players, they have worries. I feel that this guy, he's NBA ready, and the rumors that are swirling around the New York Knicks, if they're true, mm, in the words of Terrell Owens, not only get your popcorn ready, get the butter on the popcorn. There are rumors that two players, I'm going to give you a hint on who these two players are. One of them plays for the Warriors who's currently injured with the strained calf. And the other one played guard 
on the Boston Celtics, who many feel was a problem with the chemistry in the locker room. And even a deeper hint, this guard on the Celtics won a championship with LeBron James. If those rumors are true, and you pair him up, you pair those players up with an R.J. Barrett, then when you look at the rest of the roster of the New York Knicks, you have Dennis Smith Jr., Emmanuel Moutier, Frank Milikina, Alonzo Trier, Kevin Knox. You have DeAndre Jordan, Mitchell Robinson, Noah Vonley. You sit there and think to yourself, you know what? This is a playoff-bound team. If, and I believe the rumors are true, if it happens, mm, is all I have to say. Mm. As we come up with the top two picks in your 2019 NBA draft, the number two pick will be the Memphis Grizzlies. And I firmly believe that they will select Ja McGrant, I said McGrant, Ja Morant, self-proclaimed point God for Murray State. He's an athletic point guard who, when I seen him play, he reminds me of a scoring Rondo. I know many of you are like, what? Yeah, you heard me. I said scoring Rondo because he not only put up 20 points per game, he could shoot the three. He could get in the paint. And if you want it, he could bang it on your forehead when he gets around the rim. And he averaged 10 assists per game. And he was the number one option on his team. So you're talking about a guard, a point guard that could average 20 and 10. Yeah. Well, he said point guard. He's only saying that playing around. But when he was playing, that boy good. That boy good. And put it to you like this. If he go, if and when I believe he goes to the Memphis Grizzlies, it will be a perfect situation for him because Mike Conley Jr. on that team can be his tutor for a year. And thank you, Mike Conley Jr. Let's usher in the Ja Morant era and upload the Memphis Grizzlies into this new era of basketball in which they can play up-tempo. You have players like Avery Bradley. You have Jaron Jackson Jr. So, I mean, you know, guys like Jonas Valanchusis, I'm sorry, Kyle Anderson, they got some players, you know, Joe Kim Noah. They got players on the team. So it's all about, you know, you get a point guard that can play up-tempo, really be a playmaker, put some buckets in. Very interesting to see how far the Memphis Grizzlies can jump. Not next year, in a couple years. Now, let's talk about the number one pick in the NBA draft. It's ironic that this guy's number one pick in the draft because when they were in high school, this was Ja Morant's high school AAU teammate. One Zion Williamson will go number one overall in the draft to the New Orleans Pelicans. He's a Forward center out of Duke. 
What I like about Zion, he's an incredible natural talent. When you watch him play, he just pops off the screen. I mean, there's some players when you watch and you're like, okay, I see this, I see that. But then there are other players where it's like, I don't know what he does good, but whenever he, I see him or whenever he touches the ball, he just pops off the screen. As a center, he's he has very exceptional ball handling skills in the open court as well as around the rim. He has good touch in terms of he can catch the ball, he can pass the ball out of the post as well as the open court. And as a defensive player, he has great versatility. He can guard all five spots on the floor, shot blocker, and rim protector. My only worry about Zion is his weight. Because I believe he's over 250 pounds and coming into the league. How much is this boy going to weigh? Because in five years, I'm not saying he's going to gain that many pounds. But for right now, he leads a lot on his natural ability and his athleticism. Not to say that he can't develop a three-point shot. Not to say that he can't develop a, a, a two-point shot. Because let's all keep in mind that we all look at Kawhi Leonard and that shot that he knocked down where it, it bounced off the rim four times and then fell in to defeat the Sixers. He wasn't a shooter coming out of college. He had to develop that. Now, going to the New Orleans Pelicans, he potentially is in a great situation because Drew Holiday is a very good upper echelon guard slash point guard in the NBA. Now, Anthony Davis has backed up his point that he wants to be traded uh, still Although the New Orleans Pelicans have acquired the first pick, we'll see if that comes to play. Because if he isn't traded, let's just keep, let's also remember that he has one more year on his contract. So Zion Williams' rookie year, he could play with Anthony Davis as his teammate. And Julius Randle has a player option. So he could come back and play also. So now you pair that, that, that front court of Julius Randle. Anthony Davis, Zion Williamson, Drew Holiday. That's a nice little situation right there. And that's a nice, I don't want to say a veteran team that's been winning a lot, but that's a nice veteran team where he can develop at his own pace where with players like Darius Miller, Etwan Moore, I'm not saying that those guys are knockdown shooters, but Zion could be the young, talented forward that can use his athleticism to get by and as the season goes on he can develop that shot but these are the guys who I feel that are going to be picked in the lottery these are the guys who I feel that are going to impact all of your teams whatever whatever team that you're a fan of now I know at, at the end of every episode I end it with a positive quote so why would I stop now so in today's episode, I really want to enter or exit this episode by saying real power is knowing when to be quiet. That was an example right there. But to re-up, real power is knowing when to be quiet. Thank you for listening and bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>